everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor Amos Grunendijk. morning, everybody. My name is Amos. I'm one of the lead pastors here at the Vineyard, and I am so glad that you have chosen to tune in today on our live stream. There's something deeply human about staying connected, uh, not just to uh, any old church or any old community, but to a church that you can call your own. And I, I was praying this morning that even though we are separate in our homes, that you might be able to feel connected to the people and the faces that you would see if you would be in this building. So uh, this morning, I got a reminder on my phone to tell me to take my allergy meds. This reminder was about a month late because those yellow flowers came out uh, pretty close to the beginning of March. But that's a reminder that spring is here. It is sprung. Uh, and with that coming of spring is the coming of Easter. Uh, the day on which we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And it's hard to believe, but that day is only a week away. So one of the things that we'll be doing today is to look forward to Easter, but we're also wrapping up our series called Happy Together. And these two things are going to intersect nicely because I feel like the week before Easter is a great day to root ourselves in what Jesus came to live and die for. Uh, But with that, we look at what the church is here to live and die for, if that's what it means. And so we're looking at the importance of mission in community. In other words, if you're going to have a real and lasting community, you need a strong and clear and, might I even say, eternal sense of purpose that glues you to each other. And so we're going to be reading from Acts 2, and this is a chapter in the Bible that you'll want to remember. It is on the same plane as Jesus' crucifixion, as his resurrection. I don't know a lot of scripture uh, passages by like chapter and verse, like John 3.16, for instance. But Acts 2 is one of those places that shaped our faith, but also shaped the world. It describes how this early church went from, well, a group of 12 or 15 to 3,000 to today over a billion. Without what is described in Acts 2, uh, the, the world we live in would not be the same. And so if you have your Bibles or are reading along, uh, it'll be up on your screen too. It says here that on the day of Pentecost, or in other words, 50 days after uh, the crucifixion of Jesus on Passover, so this is still very fresh, Jesus' death and resurrection, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
going to now jump down to verse 22 if you're following around. But it's important to notice here that first comes the power of God to people, not in a church building, not at the temple, but uh, in their homes where they had gathered. In verse 22, Peter stands up and starts to tell the people the story of the person of Jesus. And in particular, the, the events of Easter, which we are looking forward to. He says, people of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of the lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Now jump down to verse 36. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. In other words, a Messiah meaning the, the hope of Israel, but Lord meaning the king over all the world. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn toward God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And after that, it says 3,000 were added to the church. And, and what did this 3,000 look like? It's described in verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, pay attention to that word, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Now, a deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in their homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. In other words, those who were uh, free from uh, their old way of being and welcomed into the family of God and into relationship with God. That's kind of what we mean by being saved. Uh, in this passage, I look at, at the big picture because before we talk about what it looks like to be the church or the people of God and what that purpose is, we have to understand that uh, this, this church, what we're here for, is not rooted in an idea or, or finite goals. It is rooted in, first of all, the power of the Holy Spirit and the person of Jesus. Uh, these these uh, group of believers, those people who believed in Jesus, had witnessed or knew people who had seen Jesus die and be raised to life. They were, they were in the wake of this moment in history, the climax of the world, and they were, they were riding its wave. You guys know what a wake is, right? When a, when a boat rides by you, uh, it creates this energy and power that you can see 
uh, rippling through the waters. And if you're up close, you, you can see just how much energy is in the wake. But if you were to zoom out, you can see that the farther uh, you get from the event of the boat passing by, the, act- the, the farther the reaches of the wake is. And that's, that's what we see uh, because of the person of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. God's kingdom comes. And when Jesus talks about the kingdom, it's not exactly like a wake of a boat because as the wake of a boat gets farther away from the boat, it sort of loses energy. But Jesus says in his kingdom, the farther you get away, not only does the reach go further from 15 to a billion, but the power actually increases. And we are riding and living in that same wake that the 12 disciples saw and experienced. That's what we root our purpose in. That's what it means to be part of a community. That's why we're here. As I said before, if you want to be part of a community that really matters, you need to find a common purpose that is worth living for or dying for. I've been reading this book called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Uh, a couple of years ago now, almost, we read uh, together uh, a book, his, another one of his books called What's Your Why? But I've been reading this book, and it's been very encouraging to me because he, he draws a contrast between what he calls a finite game and an infinite game. And so a finite game is probably best understood as a, like a football game or a baseball game or a basketball game. Uh, you know who's playing, there's a clock, and at the end, you know who wins and who loses. Uh, some businesses run this way, perhaps some churches run this way, where you, you look at a short-term goal and you try to accomplish that goal. The problem is, is that once you've won, what do you have left to do but hope that you can bring together the right players and the right coach and the right team, the right strategies to win again? It's this, this endless cycle of we've won, but now we have to win again, and we have to win again. Contrast that to the infinite game where what you're working toward or living toward actually doesn't have a clear end in mind. It goes beyond your, your week, beyond your month, maybe even beyond your life if you're looking forward or dreaming with the kind of vision that the well, that, that Jesus brings or that the kingdom of God brings. A good business can do this. So for instance, Sam Walton started a company called Walmart and initially his vision was an infinite one. He wanted to help lower the price of living so that we could all achieve a higher standard of living. And that was something that would have never like, necessarily been finally accomplished. It was something that would go on. Now, at some point there, and I think this was true for most of my life, the leadership changed, and it became instead about helping people live better, it became about meeting uh, market projections and gaining market share and being the biggest and the best retailer uh, on the U.S. retail landscape. Because the, the game for them became infinite, they actually began to lose the market share, and they're still, of course, a big company, but think of it, uh, another example of an infinite game uh, versus a finite game. Like, you can win or lose a basketball game, but you can't win or lose life or health or well-being. If you're in bad shape, you can't say, well, by the end of the day, I'm going to be in good shape. It's, it's bigger than that. It's, it's a lifetime uh, investment to not only 
get healthy, but to stay healthy. It involves every aspect of your being, eating, sleeping, exercising. It's more holistic than that. And so while in an infinite game, the circumstances might change, the purpose or the mission stays the same. And that's, that's what I'm driving home toward right now. And as I've seen our church enter into a time of pandemic, I've actually seen that our mission, the person and the power that we get behind, does not depend on a finite goal. So if, for instance, our goal was to get 500 people in a building on Sunday, we'd be doing very badly. I can count one, two, three, four, five, six. There's six people in here. But because our purpose is rooted in the power of the Holy Spirit and the person of Jesus, to love like Jesus can survive a pandemic. Uh, The mission of Jesus, the reason Jesus lived, has gone on for 2,000 years and generation after generation in the rise and fall of empires and plagues and upheavals and and sickness and death and, and and, you know, entire ways of being are different, but the, the purpose of Jesus lives on. And so what I see happening um, in our context is the, the, the mission and purpose uh, going forward. So, for instance, one of the things we see here in Acts 2, we see an early group of people committing themselves to basically two things. Uh, Fellowship, or koinonia, is the Greek word. Koinonia, uh, let me talk about it in a second. Uh, Or worship and koinonia. Did I say worship yet? I can't remember. Okay, anyway, fellowship and worship. Loving God, loving people. That's what we're all about. The word koinonia is a word that includes community, but also participation, also sharing and generosity. You read in the end of Acts 2 that they, they were actually making sacrificial sales of property and goods so that they could take care of those who needed uh, food or needed care. You, you find this participation where people care for each other. Everybody was giving, everybody was receiving. And there was, a, there was a knowing or a community that was formed. People felt uh, connected or together. And, and I've, I've actually heard several stories uh, over the past few weeks of people who are doing this, who are loving like Jesus in a pandemic because to love like Jesus doesn't require a building and doesn't require normal ways of being. In fact, in some ways, our mission has gotten clearer and sharper in a time like this. And so one of our friends, Trish, said that she was having a FaceTime chat with a friend of hers. This was, an, uh, just so you know, a Facebook message sent to Allison that I got permission from Trish to share with you. Um, it, it's a hard time for her because she's an extrovert. And I was telling her about our services and daily meditations via Facebook Live and just how Uh, how much of a sense of community there is with everyone. I know my pastors, and they know me. And when I told her that, it hit me. That is what makes our church so special. And I don't think it's, she's not saying what makes our church so special is not the pastors. It's about being known and knowing other people. She says, uh, she goes on to say, I am known. I didn't even realize how much that really meant to me until I was telling 
her, my friend, that. So thank you for helping foster a culture of knowing and being known. One of the cool things about how we like do church here at the Vineyard is that we, we have Sunday services, but we also have life groups that historically have met in homes. Uh, but because of the coronavirus, there's been Zoom rooms that have been meeting. And, and I, I see and I commend so many of our leaders who have actually been giving more instead of less because of because of this, the need we have for connection, especially now. Instead of meeting once a week, they've been meeting twice a week. One of our leaders, uh, Terry and Rusty, hosted a game night last night. I don't know exactly how you play code words over Zoom, but I'm, I'm going to try and play uh, Settlers of Catan here one of these days over Zoom with some friends. Like The, the, the effort that our leaders are putting into f- continued connection all of them. I mentioned Rusty and Terry, but like that's what it means to be a leader. That's one of the ways we define it, to care for people uh, even or especially when we're in the middle of a pandemic. The context has changed, but the power of the Holy Spirit and the person of Jesus and the purpose of the church, that's still something we've got. Um, part of what... Um, we're doing here at the Vineyard to love people is to do grocery deliveries. We're also helping people financially with their bills and we're pushing as much as our general budget toward that as we can. But one of the ways we felt like we could help people, not just in a practical way, but in a relational way is to to distribute groceries. And so everybody in the church over a course of, I don't know how long it'll take, a month, six weeks, is getting not just one bag of groceries, but two bags of groceries. And the idea is you keep one for yourself and you give one away. And if you don't need groceries, if your refrigerator's full, then we're saying, great, then just you could give both of them away. And I, when I say we are doing this, I certainly don't mean me because uh, Abigail, our care director, is doing the administration. But like we have people doing the shopping. Some of you are doing deliveries. They're all contactless deliveries. But, but most of you are receiving these groceries and doing something that Jesus would do. They're, they're seeking out people who need them. I want to celebrate that. It's so significant. One of our uh, friends here at the Vineyard, Judy, uh, says this on Facebook, uh, on our care page. What a great outreach, Vineyard people. I had to make four contacts to find someone home to give my second bag to. Success, finally took it to a widow who was also on a fixed income. She was really happy to get it, and so am I. Thank you so much for your labor of love. Again, thank you, vineyard people. Uh, I think I will make that casserole tomorrow. It looks really yummy, and one of my favorite meals is pasta. Any kind, anyway. I love you all. I'm just so proud of her for not giving up, for even after uh, going to three doors to keep going until she found someone who could use it. And it wasn't just uh, a handoff of groceries. It was a relational connection. And I've heard from multiple other people who, who are receiving thank yous because of the d- groceries that have been delivered. They've, they've found people who are having a hard time. And it's, again, it's not just the groceries. It's the love that's passed on. Some of you are making masks 
So I don't know of everyone who's making masks that are being handed out, but I know that Marilyn is, I know that Sandy is, I know that Brenda is, and I know that at least some of these masks have been delivered to pediatric nurses or generously donated to pediatric nurses. Thank you for showing the love of Jesus in a difficult time. Even in the midst of COVID-19, the power of the Holy Spirit, the person of Jesus, his death, his resurrection, the, the meaning behind that, the connection to Jesus we have because of that, and the purpose of the church stays the same. And we're finding, you are finding opportunities to continue to show that love, even, or I should say, especially now. I want to just read that little section from Acts 2 again to kind of lock it in. I won't, I won't read the whole thing, but it says that a deep sense of awe came over them. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So you see how it's love among us, but that last line, the fact that Jesus, right, was adding to their number daily meant that they were doing something that was not only attractive but missional. They were pursuing people so that people could hear about the good news of Jesus and experience uh, the church or the people of Jesus. But the other, the other thing they did that they were in the habit of doing, not just on Sundays, but every single day, was to worship God. And that's, again, that has not been taken away from us. Our malls have been taken away from us. Uh, for many of us, the ability to hold our grandchildren has been taken away from us. But the presence of God and our ability to worship him has not been taken away. I want to read this from another friend. I'm not going to mention her name because she didn't give me permission. <laughs> but uh, maybe you can identify who this is. Uh, this was about a, a worship service that we live streamed a little bit ago. But it, it illustrates how God can show up powerfully, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. She says, the service was beautiful and the message was perfect. I loved the Lord of the Rings reference, so appropriate. I just, I didn't, I couldn't edit that out. <laughs> Near the end of the message, I felt a love bomb come on to and into me from the Lord. It was too concentrated to call it a downpour. That is as good a description of what God wants to happen when you worship as I've ever heard. When we turn our hearts to God and open our lives to him and truly express his love, it's reciprocal. And it's the fuel that we need to continue to, to fulfill this mission. It, it's, the, it's the first thing. It's the foundation is, is the person of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's turning toward him and experiencing that kind of love. And so let's pray 
uh, and then we'll go into a time of appropriately worship. Holy Spirit, we turn our hearts to you. Jesus, we love you. God, we honor you and we gaze upon your beauty now. As we sing, but also uh, just receive from you. So I want to just tune you all in to the reality that when we sing to God, we, we can expect that he will speak back to us. So be sensitive to those feelings and impressions that, that don't seem to be coming from you, but seem to be part of a dialogue or a pursuit of God to you. So let's sing. Let's worship. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.